Lord, you... No, Lord, when you are not our shepherd, we don't have everything that we need. And when you are not our shepherd, we do not have green meadows or calm waters. When you are not our shepherd, Lord, our strength cannot be renewed and we are not rightly guided along our paths. And when we walk through the valley of darkness, we will be afraid if you are not our shepherd. We don't want that to be the case. So we invite you into this space and moreover, we invite you into our lives and we ask that you would interfere and that you would move things around, that you would be at work presently, that you would take the, the, the spot of shepherd of our lives. Come into this space, help us to understand the text as we wrestle with it, as we read it, to interpret it rightly, that it would reveal more about who you are in your character and make us better servants for you. For we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, good morning. Good morning. And, and, and. Merry Christmas. I mean, yeah. It's beautiful in here. It's nicely decorated. If you see, I think it's, is it Christy Amperon that's been doing all of the work? If it's her, uh, I, I believe it's her. If you see her at any point during church, maybe pull her aside, say thank you. She comes in here, sets all this stuff up, makes it look nice and pretty and Christmassy for everybody. I know that I enjoy looking at all the different decorations, but I don't necessarily enjoy the process of like pulling it out of the storage and setting it all up and making it look nice. And I just finally got my classroom to the point that Christmas has been set up and it only took me two weeks. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, let's see. So we have a new sermon series that we're going to be going through for the next few weeks. Let me give you a big picture view of what's going on in Elevate for the Christmas season. Obviously, I'm here right now. I'll be preaching this sermon, obviously, because here I am. Uh, I, we'll be talking about songs of lament today, and for the next few weeks, we'll be talking about the expectations that we place on Christmas and uh, how, how those expectations can affect our mental health around the holidays. Uh, next Sabbath, we'll have Pastor April Chisholm Snyder back here in the pulpit, and I will be with her. We're going to do a, a, a duo team. If you guys remember Infinite Hope, where we kind of switch off and we each have like a, a short homily, we'll do, we'll do like a tag team thing. I'm really excited about that. I like preaching with April because it's, uh, it's fun. She's obviously uh, uh, an uh, an incredible speaker and has a uh, very interesting insight to the word and I like being able to to see the juxtaposition between what I come up with and what she comes up with that'll be next Sabbath the Sabbath after that will be a panel over the same topic over mental health and the holidays and the expectations that we place on different things Sabbath after that will be uh, December 25 and that's that's the big Christmas um, community service. That's when all of the different services come together and we'll have one giant Christmas bonanza. That's not the word that I was given, but that's the one that I'm using, bonanza. Yeah. Uh, so that'll give you kind of a, a big uh, bird's eye view of what's coming up for the next few weeks here in Elevate. Here's our first question. What holiday is your favorite? Obviously, there is a correct answer to this, but I left it open for you. So go ahead, word cloud, you can put in whatever answer is correct to you. Just know that deep down in my heart, 
Uh, I will be judging you if you put the wrong answer up on the screen. I'm kidding. So you've got uh, Christmas. That's good. That's the correct answer. You've got Passover, Thanksgiving. There's always a few people out there. I'm so sorry. Your, your holiday has passed. Uh, Valentine's. Someone's really working that angle hard over there, obviously sitting next to somebody very special to them and trying to impress. That's good. You've got lots of different holidays, lots of different choices, different things that you can put up there. Thank you for keeping Christmas large. Appreciate that. Yes. All right. Next question. When did you learn Jesus wasn't born on Christmas Day? Were you a kid, child? Was it like adolescent? So you're like, you're a little bit older or maybe the preteen era. Do, were you an adult? Did you always know, or was it today that you learned that Jesus was not born on the winter solstice? <clears throat> go ahead, you can click that. There you go. I was hoping that there'd be one person that'd be like, today, what? I had no idea. There you go. All right, pivot to the next question. Do you have any Christmas traditions? Some of you are already answering those questions. You can put them up there in the word cloud. This is the one that I was most interested to see your feedback on. <laughs> nope, nope, got big food, okay. Gingerbread houses, traditional food, turkey, people coming over, tamales, white elephants, you guys have got a lot. That's cool, opening gifts. <laughs> the nope is still so big. That's a lot of nope, okay. All right, now we'll transition to maybe a few questions that are a little bit, little bit more serious and getting into what we're talking about for the day. This question says, uh, Christmas time, or this isn't a question, it's a statement, and you can agree to it from one to five. Christmas time can make me feel isolated. So one would be, nope, never, not at all, not even a little bit, not even a teeny tiny bit, and five would be all the time, and then you have everything in between, Go ahead and click on that, and uh, yeah, this is, this is what I thought might happen. There's a lot of one, which is good for you, all right? Some of you are having like a grand old time out there, lovely for you, happy. Uh, but say about 50% of us are feeling some sort of level of isolation around the holidays. Very good, average score is around a two. Okay, last question. The holidays, and this is just kind of driving the point forward, the holidays can make me feel anxious or even depressed. Maybe, maybe we can add in there stressed. Does anybody get stressed? And you can go from one to five, getting similar numbers. There's a little bit more, uh, oh, okay, all right. Now we're dropping on the one. So we're, there's a little more of us, or there are more of us that are feeling a little more depressed maybe around the holidays or stressed. Interesting. So I want to, well, maybe we'll tie this back in after we're done. We'll come back to this later. So uh, in a survey conducted by the APA, American Psychological Association, it says that according to the number of people that responded to their survey, somewhere in the, in the neighborhood of about 38% of the people that responded to their survey said they, uh, they, they feel stressed or depressed around the holidays, 38%. Um, 
That's, that's a lot of people, but that number increases when you start talking to people that are dealing with any kind of mental illness. And that, that statistic jumps as high as 64% of individuals dealing with a, a mental illness are going to feel in some way depressed, lonely, stressed around the holidays. So all this leaves us with a bit of a question. Seems tough, right? Seems rough, seems kind of diametrically opposed to the Christmas season entirely. I mean, Christmas is all about joy and peace on earth and goodwill towards people. How is it that this holiday that is designed from like the ground up to be like the time of year that's supposed to be the most warm and fuzzy and uh, joyful time of the year, how is it that it's causing so much turmoil for so many people? Were you at all surprised by any of the, any of the, the survey uh, results that you saw? Were you surprised to learn that you weren't the only one that was feeling this way? So what's going on? What's this all about? I think it might have something to do with expectations. Anybody in the room have ever, have you ever, did, you, did anybody ever have an expectation of something and the expectation was so high and when you finally went to enjoy, I don't know, whatever it was, you met the person or you saw the movie or you took the class or whatever it was, your expectation was so high that by the time that you got involved with it, by the time you participated or met with whatever this thing was, you were thoroughly unimpressed. This happens to me on the regular with uh, just about every single one of those superhero movies, okay? I, if you love, God bless you, amen, I'm, I'm, I totally support you. But like, I, I have some friends that are, that are like major Marvel buffs and whenever the next movie comes out, I hear about it over and over again and how great it's gonna be that by the time that I go to see it, I'm just like, it just, my, I was, and then, and it was here and then, and then it doesn't, it de it's just not as good. If you had just not said anything at all, I would have been like, oh, wow, it was amazing how he flew around there and he beat that guy up. That's amazing. Good job. Yeah, expectations are a funny thing. I want to tell you three stories about growing up with my dad and how expectations rolled whenever he was doing a project. Any of you guys have a, uh, a parent at home that is handy? <laughs> my dad's handy. <laughs> he says he's handy. <laughs> So it was the running joke when I was little, as we were growing up, uh, that whenever Dad uh, decided he was going to do a, a project, uh, he, he would do the project, but it would never happen the way that you thought that it was going to happen. So the, the first little story was, for Christmas, uh, I don't know where my parents got the money for this, but they, they put, to, I don't know, they got one of those, you know those pools, those above ground pools, the little three-foot ones, you know what I'm talking about? They, they come out of there, you set them up, you have to set them all up, they're pretty big, it's not like a thing you like pump up, but like there's like a metal frame that requires a little bit of installation, and yeah, okay, good. Yeah, we got one of those for Christmas. I think I was a little, I was a little kid, my sister and I were so excited, and then, you know, because it's Christmas time, it's not the time to set up a pool, even in Texas, probably not the best idea, so we had to wait until the summertime. And um, uh, our dad, my dad told me, told us, you know, I'm going to set this pool up right. I'm going to make sure that it gets installed properly. And we knew what that meant. That, oh, well, we didn't know what it meant. We just knew that it wasn't going to go the way that it had been planned. So what happens was when the weather finally turns, you could see my dad out in our backyard, and he started to, I don't know, there was like, there was like paper and geometry written out on it. There's a whole, this whole 
calculus situation. And he, he made the, he got the circle just right. He like got the, like the, with the, with the, he got like, he found the center of the, I can't even talk this morning. He found the center of the circle and he made the circumference and he got it all planned out. And then he started to dig. He started to dig. And I, you know, my sister and I, and my mom even, we're like, our faces are like glued to the, the window or we're watching him work on this. Nobody wants to go out and help him. It's a whole other thing. Well, no, no, no. So we're watching him try to set this thing up and he's like, he's digging, he's digging. And he's, he, we thought that it was supposed to be an above ground pool. And he kept digging and digging and it got, it got deeper and deeper. And we thought, what is he doing? Is he gonna, is this, I thought it was supposed to be up here or something, but it keeps, and we, we were imagining where by the time he would be done, it would just be sunk into the ground. Maybe it was, maybe he thought it was supposed to be an underground pool. We didn't know what was going on. And then he brought in sand and you could see my dad out there with like the level, just doing this with the sand with the level and doing this. And he was like trying to make it all perfect. Long story short, by the time he got done installing this thing, it was the most well-engineered pool that I'd ever, you could have launched a Saturn V rocket from this thing. It was perfect. But it wasn't done until towards the end of summer. So we didn't really get to enjoy it. This was a reoccurring theme. My dad decided one day he came home and he announced to the family that he's gonna build a barbecue pit, right? We're like, oh, interesting. What does that mean? Okay, and so he tells us about his plans to build a barbecue pit, and then he says, I have finished it. He announces he's working on it somewhere else. I don't know where, some, and he's, he's, he says, I've finished it, and so he gets a couple of his friends, and he puts it on the back of a trailer, and he brings it home, and he shows all of us, and he's super impressed with it. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm just, let me just describe what this thing, it's cast iron. This thing weighed more than I did. Yeah, I do. This, it was massive. It was, it was and he had welded it, and it, it came with, I mean, it was, you know, cast iron, massive, and it came with these tiny, thin little legs that helped to support it, and it, it, because it was so top-heavy that when you went to, like, open it up, you'd have to have somebody press down on it so that you could, it was crazy. Always, never exactly what it is that you're expecting, and so it became this thing that was almost, like, useless to everyone else other than him. He found a way to make it work. I don't know. The rest of us were afraid of it. Then, lastly, Last little, 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 there's so many. I, we, we could do this all Sabbath long. But last one that I'm going to tell you about was the picnic table. This is the story. You know when the family gets together around the holidays and you retell stories about the ridiculousness that happened when you were, you know, younger or whatever? Yeah. Okay, this is the story that my sister, sister and I are always retelling each other. Oh, every year. We can't believe that he made this picnic table the way that he did. So he goes, and he, he's so proud. He announces to the family, I'm going to build a picnic table. We're like, we know what this means. And we're rather we have no idea what it means it's not going to be what we're expecting and so he creates this amazing frame he's working on uh this metal frame and he brings it home it's on the back of like uh uh those flatbed trailers and he had to like get a couple guys from work to help him get it it was massive it was so heavy and he sets it in our backyard and he finishes putting the the top of it on you know the the wood top that goes on on the metal frame <laughs> my sister, my sister and I, we we sit down at the table and we have eye contact. This this table, this table is so tall. We could have moved in, guys. It was massive. It was so big. We're like, who? Do, why did you make it for for like giant size? And my dad's scratching his head. And he's like, I don't understand how this happened either. And he's like, what, what? What did you do? He's like, well, I asked a guy at work how tall I should make this table, and the guy at work said, well, I like to be able to put my hands up pretty pretty high when I'm sitting at a table. And so my dad says, stop, hold that position, and he measures it and he builds the picnic table to suit. 
I don't know. It never happens the way that you're gonna that you expect for it to happen. This is this was just the reoccurring theme of my childhood. And while these stories are funny, sometimes our expectations not being met can cause us pain, or at the very least, discomfort. And we know this because we instinctively try to lower expectations so that we won't disappoint people around us, right? You ever done that? I, I, I do that on the regular. We place a lot of expectations on Christmas itself. You got cookies. You got the great food. You got ice skating and gingerbread house construction competitions. You got hot cocoa and ugly sweaters. You got those cheesy Hallmark movies. Oh, we gotta stop on that one for a second. Have it, do you, do you, any cheesy, you know, okay, here's the thing. I'd never, but then I had to, my mom loves these things and I had to buy her a, a, a not prescription, subscription for the Hallmark Channel one, one Christmas. She talked me into it. That was her Christmas gift. But I didn't know that that meant that I was going to have to watch one of those movies with her. They're all the same. They're all exactly the same. They all involve some sort. How do the, every single one of those stories, someone's riding a horse at some point. There's always a horse involved, and there's always somebody that's had to leave the big city, and they move back home, and there's, it's, every single one of those stories is exactly the same. I don't know how you guys sit through them over and over again. Lord bless you. There's Christmas decorations, Christmas light drives, snow, well, or maybe at least cold weather. We live in Texas. Snow is the high bar. Parades, gifts, mistletoe. Okay. Christmas carols, spending time with family, candles, snow villages, Christmas trees, worship services, and of course, amazing Christmas sermons. We have all these great and grand expectations out of the holidays. These expectations that we place on Christmas make it into something more than it could ever be. It makes it into something more than we could ever possibly achieve. We have this idea of what it's supposed to be in our minds, and then it never quite works out that way, does it? Your Christmas might not be happening the way that you had planned it to. You could feel lonely. You could feel lonely even if you're surrounded by people, even if you're surrounded by your loved ones or your family. But you're not alone in feeling down, depressed, or stressed during the season. Did you see all the other people that agreed with you? Plenty of others feel the same way, but we don't usually talk about it up front. We know which parts of the Bible to read out loud, and we know which parts to overlook. We will read Psalms 23 together but we won't often read the 22nd Psalm. Have you read the 22nd Psalm? That one does not get read aloud in church very often. Let's put that one up on the board for a second. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Ah, it's beautiful. That is exactly the kind of verse that you wanna hear read out loud during the Christmas season. Why are you so far away from me when I groan for help? Yes, I can hear the Christmas carols. Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. You can smell the Christmas cookies. Every night I lift up my voice, but I find no relief. Mm. It is equally true that we find ourselves in desperate situations. The trouble comes when we pretend it isn't so. This is what leads to our isolation. 
We can be tempted to believe that we are the only ones feeling what we are feeling, but we are not alone. I could spend the rest of this day reading through different psalms that don't sound like the ones that we usually read out loud. We could read through a little bit of Psalms 12. Help, O Lord, for the godly are fast disappearing. Or Psalms 42. Declare me innocent, O God. Defend me against the ungodly people. Or my favorite, Psalm 69. We can put that one up on the board. I did turn that one into a slide. <laughs> Save me, O God, for the floodwaters are, are, uh, are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold. I am in deep water and the floods overwhelm me. I am exhausted from crying out from help. My throat is parched. Has anyone ever felt this way? Don't raise your hand. Don't nod. I know that you have. My eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for my God to help. Now you see, this one doesn't say explicitly that it is about visiting family around the holidays, but I think if you look in between, the, there you go, if you look in between the lines and you read the subtext, I, I think you'll see that it's there. Where then do we go to place all of our hope? What place? What safe haven is worthy and trustworthy to be a good steward of all of our hopes and expectations? You already know the answer, yet we have to be reminded over and over again, don't we? Let's take a little look at Psalms 23. This is where we'll end for the day. But instead of reading it the way that we usually read it, I want to read it the opposite way. So I'm going to translate it as we go through it. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. So let's read this the other way. The Lord is not my shepherd, so I don't have everything I need. He lets me, he doesn't let me rest in green meadows because the Lord is not my shepherd. And he doesn't lead me beside peaceful streams because he's not my shepherd. He doesn't renew my strength. He doesn't guide me along right paths. And I don't bring honor to his name. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, I am afraid because you are so far from me. Your rod and your staff, they scare me. Are you afraid of the discipline of God? Are you afraid of him showing up in your life? Are you afraid of him guiding and leading you? Does, God rod, does God's rod and staff scare you? Is he your shepherd? You don't prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You, you, you do not honor me by anointing my head with oil, and my cup does not overflow. It's barren with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will never pursue me all the days of my life, and I will never live in the house of the Lord forever. Sounds scary, doesn't it? Why is all of this true? Because the Lord isn't our shepherd. Do you want all those blessings? Do you want the green meadows? Do you want the peaceful streams? Do you want your strength renewed? Do you want to walk through the valley of darkness and fear nothing? Then I invite you to consider making Jesus your shepherd instead of yourself. The holidays are a ripe opportunity to feel like the whole world is reading out of the positive psalms and leave you feeling isolated and lonely. If your expectations are not being met, it must be because you're wrong. 
everyone else is happy and everything is perfect. But I think if we pull back the veneer of this perfection, we can see that many of us are feeling the same feelings. Take a look at the unread Psalms that speak about our lament, our lament, and know that you are not alone. So what are your expectations of Jesus? Instead of building up Christmas to be the home of all your hope and joy, remember that only the shepherd can meet and exceed your expectations. So let the Lord be your shepherd this Christmas. Instead of you, instead of me, instead of all the lights. And I think there you will find true peace.